The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. So go ahead and take your Bibles, if you would, please, and turn them to the book of Job. Yes, Job. Chapter 13, let's all stand together as I read this morning's scripture. 13, verse 1. In this passage now, Job is rebuting, he's rebutting his, his friends who have, who have given them their opinion of, of things, and he's, he's now issuing his rebuttal against them. In verse, chapter 13, verse 1, he says, Lo, mine eye hath seen all this, mine ear hath heard and understood it. What ye know, the same do I know also. I am not inferior unto you. Surely I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to reason with God. But ye are forgers of lies. Ye are all physicians of no value. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning in humility and ask you to bless our time together. Use this service, we pray this morning, to, to glorify your name and to encourage us. And to help us to understand more about you, we just ask that you would bless our time together now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, the title of my message message is, Doctor, Doctor, Give Me the News. And I'd like to speak to you this morning about your spiritual health. Americans are probably one of the most health-conscious nations upon the earth. We take care to watch the foods we eat, uh, the amounts of fats we consume. We have entire governmental agencies designated to oversee the forming and food processing industries. We promote physical fitness in our schools and workplaces. Hundreds of thousands of dollars are spent annually on gym memberships, many of which No one goes, but they pay for them. Yet none of this can stop the inevitable. What is the inevitable? Well, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 tells us, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Now how did this come to be? How do you and I totally, uh, or today, fall under this edict of physical death? We've all heard the old adage, there are only two certainties in life. Death and taxes. And death is slower than taxes and, and is usually less painful. So death awaits us all. It does not matter how much money you have today. It does not matter how important you are today. Each of us will leave this earth by one of two methods. Either at the rapture of the church or at our death. However, all that I have said thus far addresses our physical death, the death of our body. But what about our soul? Well, Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 states, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We must all remember this morning that scripture confirms that there are two deaths. Revelation 20:14 we read and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death 
So we see in scripture that there is more than one death. There's the physical death, but then there's also the spiritual death. You see, today we are all sick. We are all dying. And when we are, uh, and when we are sick, we go to the doctor for help. And this is the crux of my message this morning. I'd like to introduce us today to some doctors that we find in the scripture. And some of these doctors are helpful, or one of these doctors, I should say, is helpful. And the other two, really, are of little to no value. So this morning, let's start out with number one, Dr. Law. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, we read, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. <laughs> this first doctor I would like you to meet today is Dr. Law. Now, Dr. Law is what we would call a general practitioner. In a spiritual sense, he is our family physician. We would go to him for a runny nose or for an earache. He would treat us for minor cuts and bruises, minor aches and pains. And this is also true of Dr. Law. Now, Dr. Law is vital to the believer, and he should never be taken for granted. Just as our family doctor should always be appreciated, so should Dr. Law. Romans 7.22, we read, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. So we see that indeed Dr. Law is important to us. Just as our family doctor tends to all the health, health issues of, of our life, so Dr. Law tends to our spiritual life. In Psalm 119 and verse 92, the psalmist writes, Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine afflictions. But just consider for a moment the many benefits we gain from our association with Dr. Law. The first benefit is that of health. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, we read, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. And Dr. Law, just as our family physician, is, is vitally important to our health. And, and by having Dr. Law in our life, we are able to maintain physical health because of the law of God. And the law of God convicts us and it educates us and it instructs us. So Dr. Law, the benefit of, of our association with him, first of all, is health. But secondly, is knowledge. <laughs> knowledge. Romans chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Now, I didn't go to medical school. So I don't know all there is to know about health. And there often, when I was growing up, I, I, something didn't feel right, something hurt. What did I do? I went to the doctor. The doctor poked and prodded and looked and and he said well you have this and by the doctor I gain knowledge of the illnesses in my life and by Dr. Law we gain knowledge of sin 
Just as a good family doctor educates his patients concerning matters of health, so so does Dr. Law. He gives us knowledge of sin. In fact, in scripture, Dr. Law is even called a schoolmaster, a teacher. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24, we read, Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. So the law teaches us and imparts to us knowledge of sin. But the law also, Dr. Law also, thirdly, the benefit of, of our relationship is success. I'd like for you to turn with me to Psalm 1. You're in Job. Just turn over to the very next book in the Bible, and that's Psalm. And we go to Psalm 1. And we'll read together Psalm 1. We begin at verse 1. Blessed is the man that seeketh not the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. We see here that Dr. Law imports to us our relationship with Dr. Law brings us success. But alas, there are some health issues that are too complicated for our family doctor to resolve. Um, my son is, is 20, will be 27 years old. And my wife and I, we had two children, two girls, and uh, we wanted a boy. Well, I wanted a boy. And uh, so we, we had one more child, and I was so excited when the nurse came out and she said, It's a boy. I was on, I was on, I wasn't on cloud nine. I was on cloud 99. I was way up there. And my mother and I, we were rejoicing in the, in the, in the waiting room. My wife, uh, my wife had cesarean section. And in those days, uh, it wasn't common to have the husband in there at that time. And, and besides that, my daddy always told me this. He said, son, there's two places a man has no business ever being. He said, one of them is a beauty parlor. A man ought to go to a barber. Not a beauty parlor. And he said, the other one is a delivery room. Unless you're a doctor, you got no business being in there. So I, I obeyed my father. And, and so we were in the waiting room, and, and the, the nurse came out and said, it's a boy. And I was so excited. We were so happy. And all of a sudden, the doctor comes out, and he didn't look so happy. And he sat down with me, and he said, there's a problem, and we, we, we're not sure what it is, but we need to get him to Ashner Hospital in New Orleans. And I said, well, you know, I want my wife to see him before you take him. And so they, they kept him in the, in the nursery, in the incubator, and waited until my wife regained consciousness and let her look at him and let her see him. And, uh, and then they, they rushed him off to New Orleans. We didn't know what was wrong. And my family doctor didn't know what was wrong. He didn't have, he didn't have enough expertise to be able to identify the problem. And this sometimes happens. And when this does happen, your doctor will refer you to a specialist. To someone who has the skill to resolve your particular issue. Now, let us consider our sickness today. <laughs> we are sick in sin. And this sickness has condemned us to eternal separation from God. Separation in the lake of fire. And for this, Dr. Law has no answer. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16, we read, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh Be justified. Dr. Law cannot offer you healing from the sickness of sin. 
He can only diagnose your problem. He can only help you to identify the sickness, but he cannot resolve it. Dr. Law will have to refer you to another doctor. But who will this be? Well, in my son's case, they referred him to Oshner Hospital in New Orleans and Dr. John Oshner. And, and Dr. John Oshner was a specialist, a pediatric uh, cardiology specialist. And it was Dr. Oshner who, who identified my son's issue and, and, and was the one that, that explained to us that he was going to require heart surgery and, and all of these things. Now, at this point, there are, there are two physicians that Dr. Law or your family doctor can, can bring into play. One of these is of great worth, while the other is of no value. So let us now look at these two for a moment. Let's begin with the physician of no value, and that is, number two, Dr. Religion. In James chapter 1 and verse 27, we read, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. The first thing most men will turn to in an effort to cure their sickness from sin is religion. But what is religion? Well, Webster defines religion as godliness or real piety in practice, consisting in the performance of all known duties to God and our fellow men in obedience to divine command or from love to God and his law. Now, when you take this long definition and boil it down, you're left with one simple word, works. And this is what religion is. In the definition we just read, there were words such as practice, performance, duties, visit, keep, etc. All of these denote works. Religion is, simply stated, works. So the prescription of Dr. Religion to cure your, your sin problem will be do more works. Do more things. Do more, do more good works. Do more positive works. Do more things to make you look better in front of God. This is going to be Dr. Religion's prescription. Dr. Religion does not know God, and he will not offer you a cure for your problem. He will give you a regimen to follow, but alas, it will not be such that will resolve your issue with sin. Paul stated in Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 3, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record, that they have a zeal of, of, of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves under the righteousness of God. Now, Dr. Religion will sound like he knows what he's talking about. He will say all the right words to make you feel better about your situation. He will say things like, you are important to God. But does scripture support that? Well, in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, we read, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. <coughs> I don't know about you. But to me, that doesn't sound like I'm too important to God. From that, defini- from that description in Romans chapter 3, it sounds like, matter of fact, God really wouldn't want to have much to do with me. 
But they will, Dr. Dr. Religion is going to say, you are important to God. And with a big smile on his face and his $3,000 smile. They will say things like, you are fine just like you are. Feel good about yourself. Huh? Joel Olstein with his permanently attached smile as he stands there on Sunday mornings. Feel good about yourself. Well, Paul in Romans 7:18 says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. These physicians of no values, these doctors of religion will say, God loves all men and will never send anyone to hell. But Revelation 21.8 states, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars. Uh Uh-oh. That would encompass every one of us. And all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Oh, yes, Dr. Religion has a lot to say, but nothing of any help or value to your soul. He will lead you down a path that will end in rejection by God. In Scripture, there was some religious men came to Jesus. And Jesus was talking to them. And in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, we read, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? These are your doctors of religion. All the, all the things that we did, Lord, you know, we, we, we had these great telethons and we did all these things and we, we, we did this and we did that. But in 23, verse 23, we read, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And in the end, Dr. Religion will take all you have to invest and will give you nothing in return. How many times have you tuned into a television preacher and hear him say, send me your seed money. Send me your seed money and, and, and God will shower blessings upon you. Huh? That the one, I can't think of his name right now. The one preacher who had that scam a few years back. He, he said, take a piece of paper and draw an outline of your hand. And inside that hand, write your prayer requests. And enclose your, your cash uh, uh, tax-deductible offerings. Always, always a cash tax-deductible offering required. Send your cash, your tax-deductible cash offering to me. And they gave you a P.O. box, a, P- a post office drawer. And after it was, and he said, when I receive your letter, uh, I'll, put, I'll place my hand in your plans outline and, we'll, and I'll pray for your request. And together we'll join with the Lord and for your request. And as he says, his tears are flowing down his face. Well, they, they investigated and found out the P.O. drawer was at a bank. And the bank would open the envelopes, take the cash out, and throw your, your hand outline and print and prayer requests in the garbage, dumpster out back. And this, this pre- TV preacher never saw them. But he, I guarantee you he saw your money. Oh, yes. 
There are many out there that will take all that you have and give you nothing in return. But wait just one moment. If, if that was all we had to say this morning, it would be pretty, pretty bleak for all of us, wouldn't it? But there is one more doctor to meet this morning. And that is number three, Dr. Grace. Dr. Grace. Romans chapter 5 and verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. Now we come to Dr. Grace this morning. Now, Dr. Grace's office is not flashy. It's not as flashy as Dr. Religion's office. Choruses of saved by grace, Jesus saves, and the old rugged cross. These choruses fill his office hallways. The Bible can be found on his waiting room tables. On your visit, on your first visit, Dr. Grace moves quickly to diagnose your sickness. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 18, we read, Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And Dr. Grace is quick to identify you and I as lost. Dr. Grace does not attempt to convince you to try to clean up your act. No, he tells you that, in fact, there is no hope to save your life. He tells you that you don't need to save this life. In Matthew chapter 16, we read, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You see, the problem is man wants, they want religion. They want, they want to enjoy what they, they want to continue to live their life in the enjoyment and fulfillment of the flesh, but they don't want the responsibilities that go along with that. Dr. Grace tells us there's nothing of value in this world, nothing of value in this life, nothing worth saving. Dr. Grace tells us that God will not save this life. Rather, he will give us a new life. And in John chapter 3 and verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's right, a new life. The old, one, the old life is done away with and the new life begins. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Dr. Law can't do anything but show you that you are a sinner. Dr. Religion wants, to keep, wants you to keep the old life and just clean it up. But Dr. Grace wants to do away with the old life which is corrupt, beyond hope, and give you the new life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul writes, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. And this new life can only be given by God. John chapter 1, the scriptures tell us, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
So Dr. Law can only teach us and can only reveal to us what we are. Dr. Religion doesn't want you to get rid of the old man. He just wants you to add new works to it, add, add other things to it, and clean it up a little bit. But Dr. Grace says, no, no, no. The old life has to go. It has to be destroyed. And the new life will live in its place. Now, I haven't told you the best part yet, though. You see, Dr. Law's fee is very steep, very costly. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, physical and spiritual. So Dr. Law has a steep fee. It's death. Dr. Religion's fee is also pretty high. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 3, we read, And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. So Dr. Law looks to take everything you have and make merchandise of you. But Dr. Grace's fee is free. In Ephesians chapter 2, we read that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The free grace of God is given to us. How wonderful, how marvelous. Dr. Grace cries out to this world, offering this Free gift of eternal life. In Isaiah chapter 55, Isaiah writes, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself and fatness. But there is one catch. Only those whom God has called will hear and receive this offer. In John chapter 10, Jesus states, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, You you believe not because you are not any of mine. Do you hear the voice of Jesus today? Do you hear the voice of the shepherd? Then heed the warnings of Dr. Grace and receive healing and receive life. Perhaps as we sit here today, you are saved. You are already saved. Then I ask you, are you a patient of Dr. Grace concerning your daily walk? Or have you gone back to Dr. Religion? Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. To you today, 
I remind you of the words of the Lord. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 3, Oh, foolish Galatians. Now, that's kind of a stern start to, a, to, to, to address someone. But he says, You foolish people. Oh, foolish Galatians. Who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Received ye the spirit of the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Paul said, what, what saved you? The law? Dr. Religion? Or Dr. Grace? Are you so foolish, he states, having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? I fear many Christians have fallen away as Revelation that have fallen away from their first love. You remember when you first got saved? Do you remember that? I try to remember that day every day of my life. I remember, I remember when, when, when God enlightened me and when I, was, when I was saved, I remember looking up at the sky and saying, wow, look at that. I could hear the birds singing. It seemed like for the first time in my life, the grass never looked greener. The flowers never smelled better. That joy, that, that great feeling of overcoming, overwhelming joy in your heart when you first came to know Jesus Christ. How many of you remember that feeling? What happened to it? What happened to it? Now we too often sit in our pews and we check the clock to see how much longer is this guy going to talk? Doesn't he know the Niner game starts in just a few minutes? We don't have that joy anymore, do we? When we first got saved, we used, to, we used to crave to speak to people about Jesus. I remember getting saved and that Monday morning going to work. I remember witnessing to my daddy in the truck. I, I said to myself, you know what? Mom and dad have, have never heard this. They don't know this. As soon as I tell them about this, they're going to jump right on board. It's going to be great. And I, I told my dad that, and we were driving, and he, he just kind of said, oh, that's, that's great, son. Huh? I remember going to their house and witnessing that he and mom, and dad telling me, get out. What happened to that joy you had? I got saved right around Christmas season, and I remember turning the radio on and hearing the Christmas carols, not Rudolph and, 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 and Frosty, but the real Christmas carols. Silent night, little town of Bethlehem. And I, I, I heard those words and all of a sudden it all made sense. They had real meaning. It was, it was as if I, would, I had just been born again. Dr. Law can't give you that. Dr. Religion can't give you that. But Dr. Grace can. But we forget, don't we? We forget. And we grow cold. Has coming to church become just a duty? You wake up on Sunday morning and say, oh man, I gotta go to church today. Tithing? Remember when you were first saved, what a privilege it was to write that check and throw it in the offering plate? And 
And you just felt so good because you obeyed the Lord and you'd done what you should do. And now we, our budget, instead of having tithing right up at the top, it's moved, to, it's moved down to the bottom to discretionary spending. And often gets left off. Huh? Remember witnessing? Telling other people that you know about Jesus, your, your relatives? Witnessing about Jesus? And now we've become like Peter at the world's fire. Not, not wanting to admit we know Jesus. Not wanting to have anything to do with him. Just who was it that cured you of your, of your spiritual illness? Just who was it that saved you? Was it Dr. Law? Was it Dr. Law that, that, that brought you the wonderful gift of grace? Was it Dr. Religion who encouraged you to do more things, more works, work, 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 work? But never submit, never, never commit. It was Dr. Grace. And today I'm calling you out as a Christian. I'm calling all of us out. If you are saved today, it's time. If you're not saved today, it's time. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 we read, For he saith, I have heard thee in an accepted time, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And if you are saved, I'm calling you out today. I'm calling you out to choose a side. I'm calling you out to come out of the world, to come out of our pride, come out of ourselves. And choose to live our life to God's glory. In Joshua chapter 24, Joshua writes, Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the God of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, And I love this last phrase. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you're a child of God today, you have to choose. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve God? Are you going to serve self? Are you going to serve God? Are you going to serve Dr. Religion? You have to choose. Doctors of no value. Only Dr. Grace can say. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Lord, I think back to the, to the days when I was first saved, how, how exciting it was, how fulfilling it was, how wonderful it was. And Lord, we, we, we forget and we fall away. We become, we become so involved in, and so entrenched in this world and the cares of this world and the situations that we are in and the problems we face. And we get involved and we get, we get locked in all these things and we forget. 
we forget that we were just sinners, saved by grace, that, that we were lost and that we were, we were dying and we were condemned to eternal separation from you in hell. We forget that it was you that brought us out. We forget that it's you that, that saved us, that it was you that cleaned us up, that it was you that set our feet upon a solid rock. We forget that it's you that provides all things. It's you that promised to never forsake us, never leave us. And we get our eyes off of you and into the world. So help us, Father, today to focus our hearts and our minds upon Jesus. Help us today, Lord, to return to Dr. Grace and be happy and joyous again in our life. Thank you, Father, for all that are here for this day. I pray you bless this message and use it to to strengthen us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronan Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.